Welcome to Up My Hockey with Jason Podolan, where we deconstruct the NHL journey, discuss what it takes to make it, and have a few laughs along the way. I'm your host, Jason Podolan, a 31st overall draft pick who played 41 NHL games, but thought he was destined for a thousand. Learn from my story and those of my guests. This is a hockey podcast about reaching your potential. Hello there, and welcome back to Up My Hockey with Jason Podolan. I'm your host. Jason Padolan, and you're here for episode number 37. Super exciting what's happening with Up My Hockey. Uh, I really am grateful to everyone who's tuning in. Uh, the messages coming in from coaches, from parents, from hockey players, that this has become a part of your you know, drive to the rink or maybe what you listen to before you go to bed uh, is awesome. And, and like the, the success stories uh, from listening to these conversations with, with young athletes, with parents, uh, having a different perspective, players picking up some tips and applying them uh, really warms my heart and makes me feel like what we're doing here matters. And I get reminded on a daily basis that what we are doing here matters. And, uh, and I'm glad you guys appreciate it. And you know what, you're, you're like getting my competitive spirit going here because as all things, they're ranked and charted and, and up my hockey made it into the top 30 of podcasts in Canada, hockey podcasts in Canada. And there are thousands upon thousands of hockey podcasts in Canada. We made it into the top 30. That's without $1 spent in advertising. That's without a major title sponsor. That's without, you know, a big name recognition, meaning me, you know, like some of these guys that are on these podcasts are on Sportsnet or they're on TSN or they're on ESPN or they're a part of the athletic. I mean, they have a platform that usually people are recognized from. So for us to make as big a splash as we have uh, is truly amazing. And it's so exciting for me. And I want to kick some butt some more. Like I want this to get bigger now. Like I want this to get into the ears and brains and hearts of more people uh, because it's been successful and I'm competitive. So continue to do your part to, to listen, to subscribe, to review and share, and to talk about this amongst your community members, families, because uh, that's how it makes a difference. You know, that's how we grow this thing organically because you like what you hear uh, and we get bigger. And I want to move into the top 15, the top 10. That would be so, so, so amazing. So anyways, this episode, episode 37, is with Dampy Brar. He's a former pro hockey player uh, and co-founder of Apna Hockey and was recently named the winner of the 2020 Willie O'Ree Community Award at the NHL Awards Banquet. Dampy also happens to be a member of the Up My Hockey parent group that I host on Facebook. Uh, the parent group I've talked a little bit about, but it's a private group dedicated to hockey families all over North America and essentially designed to be the ultimate hockey resource for parents to successfully navigate the journey of their aspiring players and for the players within the house too, uh, tips, tricks, methods, um, new perspective shifts that are going to help them become the best hockey players they can be. And one of my habits within this group is to personally welcome new members by greeting them on messenger, uh, when I can get around to it. And, and when I messaged Dampy, his name got my attention. I had never met or heard of a Dampy before. I was wondering if it was a nickname or not. And, but I was also curious about his profile picture. He was wearing hockey gear and clearly looked like a pro hockey or a junior hockey player. 
So I almost, I almost never asked him, but he did respond to my, to my original messenger comment. And uh, my curious nature got the best of me. And I asked if he played pro before and, and what was the, uh, you know, the, the Genesis story behind the profile picture. And we ended up having a short conversation over Messenger, and it was eventually unveiled that he won this Willie O'Ree Community Hero Award. Uh, moral of that story is be curious and interested about the people you meet. You never know who you're sitting beside or who you're in front of and what story they have. And, and when I heard this news, I quickly invited Dampy for an interview, and he graciously, graciously accepted. And I'm so thankful for our fateful encounter because hearing the stories directly from hockey ambassadors like Dampy who are tirelessly dedicating their energy towards our young youth athletes and growing the diversity of the game is powerful. Whether you're black, brown, yellow, white, Christian, Buddhist, Muslim, or Sikh, boy, girl, straight or gay, hockey is a game for everyone. And we are collectively starting to realize and embrace this because diversity is a strength. Uh, but right now it is a weakness in our sport. We collectively need to make it more accessible and more inclusive to all. And Dampy's organization, Apna Hockey, has a mandate to increase participation and social change in hockey within the South Asian community across Canada. Apna Hockey ensures that South Asian players have access to mentorship and hockey programs in major cities across Canada. So Dampy is doing his part to diversify hockey. And by listening to this conversation, you are doing your part to promote hockey's evolution as well. Understanding the struggles and the successes of people from backgrounds different than our own really allows us to connect on a human level and greater awareness equals greater understanding and empathy. It means we can all be a part of the cultural shift and racism. And if we make our hockey arenas a safe and inclusive place for all, we are off to an amazing start. So without further ado, I will bring you my conversation with Dampy Brar. This conversation was hosted live in the Up My Hockey Parent Group mentioned earlier. Uh, enjoy the conversation. Dampy, we'll start this thing off. First of all, am I saying that right? Is it Dampy? Yeah, perfect. Dampy Brar, is that is that a pr proper pronunciation? That's perfect, yeah. Awesome, sweet. First of all, like... It's pretty funny because I'll have to give a little bit of background here because as most of you know who are in the group, I try and reach out and say hi um, on a personal level over Messenger and just welcome you to the group. So I, I did that with Dampy, um, not knowing anything about his story or him. And then I happened to just ask a question because he had a picture of him playing hockey. I was like, hey, did you play junior or pro? And that sort of started this, this conversation about what Dampy is being a part of, uh, that he got nominated for this award. <laughs> And I was like, holy smokes, like, I'm so happy that I reached out and asked these questions that I would have never have known. So first of all, thank you for responding and telling me about that. And thank you so much for joining today. Well, thank you for reaching out. Uh, yeah, like when I got your message, it was uh, great. I've been watching some of your uh, podcasts and, uh, you know, um, obviously, uh, I think we're born in the same year, birth year, uh, 76. And I know... Sweet. I know we don't look that uh, that old, but uh, uh, I know uh, I remember when uh, uh, you got drafted actually in the NHL. So um, I still remember that, and uh, and uh, to Florida, I believe. Yeah. And, wow. Yeah. Cool. So uh, so when I uh, seen some of your podcasts, and uh, I know you played in the NHL, um, you know it was great to to see what you were doing, and uh, I always support you know podcasts that are hockey or sports related, and uh, and. When you reached out, I, you know, and you asked that question, I'm like, yeah, I might as well tell them a little bit about myself. And uh, didn't expect to be on your podcast, to be honest with you. I thought 
you know, you know, maybe in the future, but not right away. But and here we are. So no, I mean, I, I just thought what a great thing. I mean, one and I, I mean, congratulations, Willie O'Ree Award, like an NHL award. Uh, I saw the uh, the when they announced it and, you know, how emotional you got about it and like what an what an absolute honor and something to be proud of. And I'm sure it's the culmination of years and years and years of of you just investing in, in youth and, and in the game. So, I mean, my my biggest congratulations and, you know, this I am proud of you and this group is proud of you for sure. Thank you very much. You know, I appreciate that. That's great. Uh with with your award, I ended up doing some digging, and I didn't know who Willie O'Ree was, but I didn't know a ton of, about uh, Willie. Did you know anything about Willie or, or much about him prior to to uh, your nomination? I did. Uh, I think uh, I would say um, ten, maybe fifteen years ago. Uh, kind of figured out who Willie O'Ree was. Uh, you know, being ethnic myself and in the game, uh, you know, you're always looking at who else played that was you know, non, let's say, traditionally Canadian and so forth, or, or ethnic. And uh, I knew who Willie Aria was. He was the first black uh, uh, athlete to play in the NHL. And uh, and I got to learn more about him um, as this whole process started way back in February and uh, found out what the award was all about. Uh, you know, the nomination was, you know, I, I, we can talk about it in, in a little later on, but my wife nominated me and I you know, and she's like, who's Willie O'Ree? And I actually told her. And then, you know, we both went online and kind of acknowledged ourselves a little bit more about him and uh, and the strides he took. And when you fast forward, I got a chance to have a Zoom call with Willie O'Ree just himself, him and I. And that was pretty neat. And the NHL set that up. Uh, usually, you know, you go to Vegas and you meet him in person and shake hands and uh, get to really get to know him. But uh, I got the chance to speak to him and got to see and got to hear uh, some of the uh, struggles that he's faced with and and why he chose the route he did after hockey. Gotcha. Yeah, what an amazing story. And for anyone listening, uh, it is an amazing story. Willie's and I want to get into yours, Dampy. But you know, Willie, first black uh, athlete to break the color barrier in the NHL, 1958, I believe, ended up losing the vision in one of his eyes and played till he was in his 40s. Uh, you know, at the professional level and just. Uh, and has just been an amazing ambassador and has been the diversity committee chairman for, for years now and has just forever, ever just shown his love and support for the game and, and has been a pathway for, uh, for you know, ethnic minorities and, and, and others, you know, to, to get into the game. So he's, what, a, what an amazing award to win and what an amazing footsteps to follow uh, with. What did, um, with, with your in, uh, involvement in hockey, and like you said, you're, you're from South uh, well, you're from Indian descent, right? Right. Uh, Indian descent, and you were the first of your family, if I did my research to get uh, right, to be born outside of of India. Where were you born? Here in Canada? Yeah, I was born in a small town in Sparta, British Columbia, a small mining town. Um, so played all my minor hockey there, and uh, yeah, I grew up uh, in a small town of like three thirty five hundred people. Uh, and a lot of people now go visit uh, Fernie uh, for golfing or mountain biking and uh, camping and so forth. So a lot of a lot of people know where Fernie is. And Sparta was was well known for the big truck that people can drive by and take a look at and take pictures with. So right. yeah, uh, my dad and mom uh, immigrated. My dad immigrated first uh, to uh, Canada in the early '70s, and then went back and married my mom. And uh, you know, I was the first, and my wife is the first in her family to be born in Canada. Wow. So. How was that? I mean, you're born in Canada, you're born in Sparwood. There's not a lot to do there in the winter other than ski or play hockey. So, you know, you were surrounded by by North American culture, Canadian culture. 
right. but your parents definitely, you know, weren't used to probably either sport, I would assume, coming from India. Like, how, how was that introduction to your family and, and how was the introduction to you to, to hockey in the first place? Yeah, like uh, my parents' favorite sport when they first kind of settled in Spar was the uh, fake wrestling, uh, you know, the entertainment. I don't want to say fake. My kids watch is watching it upstairs right now, actually. So um, they loved it. They thought that was awesome. And then uh, I was fortunate enough that in Spar, we had about 60 or 65 East Indian families. So it wasn't just us there or a couple other families. And there was a lot of kids, uh, boys that played uh, ice hockey that were born in 1971, 72, 73, 74 all the way to 76 up to my age. And so, you know, just like in our culture, the, the parents always stayed in touch and, uh, and they say, why don't you put Dampy in hockey? Cause so-and-so is playing and so-and-so is, uh, you know, is, is, is in his third year. So my parents are like, okay, no problem. So they had the help of, you know, getting equipment or getting knowledge about just the start of hockey and nothing more than that. And, uh, and once they put me in hockey, I, you know, my first two years was, you know, you know, it was called pups. Now it's Timbits and uh, you played and you, you learn the game and so forth. And uh, my third year, I didn't even play uh, novice hockey, which is uh, six, seven back then. Uh, I went right to, uh, um, uh, uh, what's it called? Adam hockey. Yeah. yeah. So mm-hmm. I went right to Adam hockey and started playing with the older kids. And then I started excelling. Um, and in that team, there was uh, three other East Indian guys on that team. Uh, obviously they're older than me, but uh, our parents were friends. Uh, two of them were cousins and, uh, and it just, it was a good atmosphere for me to play in because I was socially, you know, how I am now, I can, you know, be in front of people and talk and coach and do mentorship workshops and all that kind of stuff. I was a little quieter back then and a little bit less reserved. So I had these older guys kind of uh, on my side. And, uh, and as I continued on, uh, you know, I started Excel and uh, my parents just uh, supported me and encouraged me to keep playing. And, uh, and, you know, didn't make it a big issue for driving here and there. The only time there was an issue was uh, when the field trip uh, form came in for skiing. And they're like, no. And I'll say in our accent, they're like, we put you in hockey, put a lot of money in. We're not going to put you in skiing. And I'm like, okay, no problem. So <laughs> I never went to any, I've never skied in my life. Uh, people always ask, hey, you're from Sparta, Fernie, you must ski. I'm like, nope. Well, you're a hockey guy. You must ski. I'm like, nope. A wasn't allowed, but nor you know, my parents kind of scared me like, Oh, what if you hurt yourself? What do you break your leg? And I'm like, all right, screw it. No, I'm not going gotcha. to, I'm not going to indulge. I like, I love it. I, I love the accent there too. That was great. Um, in keeping in the theme of diversity and inclusion, you know, you mentioned that you had some other East Indian kids on your team and that were older than you and, and, you know, kind of took the lead a little bit for you. Did that make your, you know, your journey through the sport or, or, or your introduction to the sport easier because there, there, you felt like there was a little bit of family there with you? Yeah, definitely. I think, uh, you know, when you're first generation here, uh, like my son, uh, when he has kids and my son or daughter, uh, both have kids, they're going to say their grandfather is born in Canada. Right. And here I'm first generation. My parents are still, you know, even though, you know, I was five years old starting hockey, they're still assimilating into, uh, you know, the, the Western culture, they're still learning the language, they're trying to make ends meet, and they're still new to that whole society of things. So, um, and for me, uh, you know, to have a bunch of other East Indian guys on my same, on the same team, and our parents, you know, were best of friends, it just made it easier to kind of, easier way into hockey and, and play and, and seeing that there's, you know, other guys that kind of look like me that play the game. And, uh, 
and it was pretty neat because uh, we did pretty well as a as a line because all three of us played on the same line. <clears throat> but Sweet. it just it just and it was just <clears throat> comfort for my parents too. Like you know, they're when we go out to out of town. Uh, not that they couldn't get along with other people. It was just it was just that comfort zone that they had with uh, the families. Right. We mentioned Willie O'Ree being the first there, and to be that trailblazer is it must be an amazingly crazy experience, right? To, to be the first one, like you said, of people that look like me to be in a certain environment. Uh, it, that experience for you, like, do you, did that, did that matter? Like, and how much do you think it did matter? Like it, it's obviously tough to remove yourself from your own personal experience, but when this whole discussion started happening about, you know, within our sport, like the diversity, the diversity committee and, and, uh, you know, with, with the guys taking the knee at center ice and I was having conversations with Kevin Weeks and some of my own teammates, I'd never really thought of it, how it was their experience through their eyes, you know, like they, that they were the only one that looked like them in the room. Right. I never, I never on a, on a white guy's level, I never, I never had that, that aware awareness, right. To, to really pick up on that. Um, was that a big deal to you? And if there wasn't anyone in the room that looked like you, would it have been harder to step inside that dressing room? Um, I think when you're, when I was younger, uh, you know, like I said, there, there was that comfort zone of, you know, cause we used to not only play hockey together, we used to hang out together. And uh, as I got older, when I started playing Bantam, there wasn't a lot of uh, East Indian that were continuing on playing at the level that I was playing at. Right. You know, it wasn't, um, you know, three or four of us, a lot of them either quit or started playing school sports and excelling there. And, uh, and for me, um, you know, it wasn't like I needed to have, when I got older, I got a little bit more mature. I realized I was one of the only ones on like standing, if you will, like right. continuing on. And it just, it didn't really bug me because my dad and mom were more like, don't worry. Like uh, my parents got assimilated into the culture too. They were well liked by parents. Uh, coaches really liked how, you know, nice they were and how supportive they were for my hockey and all that. And, and it helps being, you know, a player that, you know, played well too. I was always in the top of the team, if uh, you know, captain the team and so forth. So it really, really helped there, but uh, um, it didn't really make a big issue for me that, Hey, I'm, I'm the only one now I'm, I'm playing here. And, you know, when I played junior B in, in, in Sparwood, uh, I was the only East in there. And uh, I know, I, I had a chance to play when I was 15 um, because you're a small town. We didn't have mid, like a strong midget program. You know, it was either Bantam and then you got to play junior B if you wanted to make it anywhere. And, and it didn't really hit me that others weren't playing. I just made me kind of work harder to be the one person and, you know, and, and be a representative of our community and continue to play and, and continue to strive. Sure. You're such a positive role model now. And, and from what I've seen of you, you're, you know, you don't, you don't dip the toe into too much negativity, which I think is amazing. But is that, was that what your experience was growing up? What was there any stories that geez, you wish just never happened and, and things that you want to change or maybe, you know, reasons for you to start getting involved in, in the mentorship side of things and, and bringing the South Asian community to the sport? Yeah. Like I, you know, you, you know, and I don't fault the kids too much uh, because they're kids. Uh, you know, you did get called racial slurs. You know, I remember playing in a game and scoring X amount of goals and a kid coming up and saying something to me. And uh, and I go to my mom and dad, or usually my dad, and I'm like, hey, he said something. He's like, well, I had to deal with it when I was in the mine. So, you know, you'll have to deal with it. But don't don't be sensitive towards it. Like, you know, they, they don't know any better. My dad was really good subtly how to explain things. He wasn't a, a lecturer by any means. He was more like real. And he said, like, and, you know, and I, you know, when I fast forward my, in my life, I think 
when the Willie O'Ree situation was was prevalent, uh, I asked my dad like, how hard it was was it for you? And I remember doing a, in an interview with Fan Nine Sixty, and I know a lot of my the ice hockey guys that I play with, and um, some of the other, not just in my community, they were like, wow, how you correlated the uh, uh, you know your, your parents' experience. Uh, my dad was faced, uh, and a lot of the other uh, East Indians that were working in the coal mines, because you know they're they had their labor workers and they came from India and you know they faced a lot of that discrimination but when I came to hockey uh, I didn't let it uh, affect me because I also had positive coaches I had, all my coaches were white you know there wasn't and like right now if you go to any given hockey rink in Calgary um, you know there's a lot of you know ethnics that are involved in coaching um, you know with their kids in Timbits or novice and some are like you know the president of one of the associations in hockey here uh, where I live he's East Indian right and so uh, we have made strides, but uh, but back then, like I got to give all my coaches a lot of credit. There wasn't like you know, favoritism towards anybody else, or you know they've always you know were positive with me. And so, with my dad being a good solid pillar of, of strength, of like don't worry, like just just play. Uh, you know you deal with some of the stuff, and uh, but it just makes you stronger, and just makes you think when you get older, you, you want to raise your family in a positive way as well. So, no, oh, yeah, what a great message, and I'm glad. Well. I, I wish there was zero stories, you know, of course, but you I mean, I'm glad that there wasn't anything too traumatic or horrific. It's just crazy to me, like the, some of the conversations that I had, even with, you know, Nathan Lafayette and having to deal with, you know, getting his car spray painted after every game, you know, and the team not really doing anything about it. And, you know, it's just, it, it's, you know, talking about those things, I think is, is good because we do need to understand where we're coming from so we can understand where we need to get to. Right. And I think that, someone like you who's gone through it, you know, and, and I'm sure that message for you with the people you're working with is, is that educational piece and is that, you know, that positivity piece. And I, and I, and I hope that you see, I've seen strides. Is that true? Have you seen strides from when you, when you were first introduced to how it is now? Yeah, I think, uh, I think, you know, once you have kids and you're, you know, your kids are your everything. Right. And uh, as soon as I had my son, I was like, he's going in hockey, right? It was like inevitable. And, uh, and then you start thinking like, all right, um, what did I go through? You know, you always put yourself in a situation and, and obviously I born raised in here in Canada. I speak the language I know the culture and, you know, I, I listen to rock music and my favorite bands, Bon Jovi and listen to Garth Brooks and bought a big, big Dodge Ram vehicle. And <laughs> me people, too, me too. Yeah. So <laughs> that was my first vehicle that I bought. So I, I, you know, and, and I, and I thought like, he's not going to have, the issues that I went through or any comments that are going to be made and so forth. But uh, especially with me being involved and I wanted to be involved in coaching and not just him and just be a mentorship with other East Indians or other minorities that play the game. And so I, you know, you know, there are strides now. And I think uh, people in Calgary and across Canada are realizing that there's other communities, especially our community. Uh, if you go to any given Oilers or Flames game, there's season ticket holders or a lot of them are East Indian, right? Like not like say everyone, but like, you know, a lot of my buddies, like I got, I'm season ticket holder with this person. They share and like, they love the game. And my dad's generation, you know, finances and the knowledge and the want to keep your kid in hockey was, was difficult. That was a challenge. Like, first of all, if your kid was normal, the parents were like, yeah, let's get them out of there. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and, and a lot, a lot of the girls, none, none of the girls really played, none of them played. So it was not even an option and finances, like, you know, hockey becomes more expensive. Your skates from hundred dollars become 200 to 400. So you're always constantly buying equipment and sticks and so forth. And, and then the time that, you know, they're working the mines is 12 hours. Like, 
you know, the, the mom sometimes didn't want to drive in the snowing weather. So there's a lot of challenges that generation mm -hmm. had. And, but this generation, um, um, you know, in 50 years, when you look at the, the strides away from hockey, the, the South Asian community is in every single facet, uh, every single industry from politics to, um, home building to owning companies to, you know, uh, doctors and lawyers and owning firms and dental. So, and now sports is becoming a big uh, part of their lives. And, uh, and yeah. the South Asians are no longer saying, well, finances is a problem. Yeah, if you're a new immigrant, which, you know, we can talk a little bit later about this, but, you know, there might be a challenge of knowing how to register and, and money and stuff. But uh, yeah. yeah, like we're definitely making point. strides. Yeah, that's a great point. The, the socioeconomic side of it, because it is so hard. That is one of the biggest things, and I don't know how we change it. I know uh, one of the members of my gr of the group here, Jeff Shepard, who is a who's a good friend of mine, and maybe you know him too in Calgary there. But he's yep. part part of uh, yeah the the equipment donation program, right? And uh, and which, which helps these socioeconomic groups get into the game, right, and supports them to be a part of it. And but you bringing up that fact that you know once your dad and these immigrants get their feet underneath them. Now, what do you have time for? You have time for entertainment and you have time for sports and you have time to do these things. And my dad's no different. I mean, he grew up in, in Saskatchewan and they didn't, he didn't have time or money to go play sports. He was busy picking rocks in the field and doing stuff with the cattle and doing stuff in the fields. Right. So athletics just wasn't a part of the conversation. Right. But once you, once you do have a little bit more backing and you are a little more comfortable, it's amazing that, you know, that we were able to introduce the sport and we're able to use these other programs, which which I think people should be more aware of. And I think that's one of the things, the awareness of places like, uh, what's the name of that, uh, of the equipment bank? The Comrie. Comrie's, Comrie's, yeah, Comrie's. Like play, uh, organizations like that are just so valuable and people need to know about them because I do have people even on this site reach out to me and say, how do we, uh, where, where can I do this? This is hard for me, right? And and so like giving people those resources is uh, uh, the ability to get them and find them is a huge piece of that puzzle. You mentioned about living in these big communities uh, like Calgary and how there's a large social uh, Southern Asian population, very diverse population. I'm from Vernon, BC, lived in Vernon, BC. My wife is, uh, is from uh, the States originally and, and grew up in LA and had her professional career in LA. And she, She's now here raising our family with me and she calls Vernon Whitesville, you know, tongue in cheek, like laughing. Right. And, right. and it, it's kind of sad in a way because, yeah, we don't really have like a really diverse population here. There was a there was a, a family from Japan that was in my uh, son's class last year. There's also a family from Korea. Those conversations coming home about what's in their lunchbox and about what could they do as a family is invaluable, I think. And and I really think that that's a that's a really big piece of like understanding humanity and uh and having that introduction now in sports right where they can experience somebody who is from south asian descent or from japanese descent or from xyz descent is good for the game and it's good for the people involved in it um do you feel diversity is going to be uh coming uh, be a greater strength in hockey itself i think so i think uh you know you look back at any of the black athletes that made the NHL, right? Um, and even the Europeans, I know I, I've had this conversation before, but we'll talk about the black athletes. Like any black athlete that actually made it to the NHL was pretty good, right? Like they were dominant from Joel McGillna to Grant Fuhr, um, Mike Greer, like meaning not saying su just superstars, but they're, you know, there were noticeable players out mm -hmm. there and they made a difference and they were impactful. And I think, um, and those are the players that made it because they had that. But there's a lot of players that probably got left out just because of their background. Like, you know, he's normal. So you pick another player because 
they're more versed into the game and so forth. So, you know, I've had this, these conversations before with different people is that a lot of the athletes that were black back then were, were, were dominant. Look at Willie Ree. you know, he, you know, he, when he played pro hockey, he led with one eye, he led one of the leagues in scoring. And that's, you know, some people can't do that with two eyes. Right. And so, and even if you look at the NBA and the NFL, the, 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 uh, the prevalence of black athletes is unbelievable and even in track and so forth. So um, I think as, as we move along, I think there's uh, going to be some more emphasis or more opportunities for other ethnic minorities to, to play. Even if you're a normal player, like, you know, like you know, maybe not a first line or second line, you know, they'll be like, you know what, this kid has a chance to, to get up there and so forth. So I think, the, that that knowledge is coming forward. I think there's going to be more acceptance to that, and uh, it's just going it's just going to take some time. You know, it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, you know, mindsets have to change. Uh, you know, I think it's it's all uh, you know you know perception as well. Like, oh no, you know, there might be an issue with this player because you know their parents might not know a lot about the game. But now, being first generation, our kids when they get a chance to play double A, triple A, bantam or midget, like the information's there. It's, uh, you know, and you got, you know, now, you know, I know my dad was like glued to Facebook because online and where back then he didn't even know how to use a computer. Right. So even that generation is getting more versed. And I remember dad, my dad telling me that I didn't know who Willie Re exactly was. And he looked him up on Google and, and, you know, we got that like on our, uh, you know, on the side of like getting information yourself before it was like, you're always dependent on somebody else. You're always mm -hmm. dependent on somebody explaining things to you. Now you can kind of get that information and then still get that help, but it's, you're way ahead of the game than before. So, um, so yeah, like I think uh, there's going to be a more uh, of an open door for other minority minorities playing. But if you look at Europeans, you know, from, you know, yeah, they're light skin and white skin and so forth, but like Europeans have, there's more, uh, Europeans now playing hockey. You know, and before it was like the European hockey is not the way to play. It's rough and tough, you know. And I know Don Cherry was into the rock'em sock'em, and he's like, "Oh, you got to be strong, and you got to be able to pound players through the boards and stuff." And the type of hockey that we have now watching on TV and just with the playoffs is all IQ, fitness, you know, skilled, you know, the brains part of the game, which is the European type of game that we were kind of condoning, or, or sorry, uh, not advocating for. Yeah. And now it's all changed, right? So, um, so yeah, there's, you know, now it should be where the, it doesn't matter what background you are, it could be all Canadians, but whoever has the best, uh, you know, chance of playing at that level should be able to, give, should be given the chance. 100%. Yeah, put the best people in the room. You know, I, I, I love that. Uh... My discussion with with Kevin Weeks, and that was I mean, that's what he's saying. I mean, it, it doesn't have to be black, brown, yellow. It's just the best guys, right? Like, yeah. just make sure that the best guys are there, and that everyone has the same opportunity. And and uh, and I one hundred percent believe that. As you were talking about your parents, I was just thinking, like, what you do now, and even what this group is about. That we're sitting here having this conversation, and was really dedicated to that. You know, I was a first generation hockey player, you know, for my family, nobody had played before. So my mom and dad didn't know the game. They knew how to watch it, but they didn't really know. There was right. no resources out there for them to click on a website and try and watch a YouTube video or whatever. And, and even though there's lots of uh, resources out there now, it's hard to navigate through them all too, right? Like there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of noise. Yeah. So 
you know, I, I'm sure that you do that with what you do there with Apna. And I know I do that here without my hockey, right? It's like, okay, how do we how do we filter out some of this and just make it easy, right? Make it one spot where you can come in, you can check in, you can see, you can see, get answers to your questions and, and kind of know how to navigate this space because, you know, hockey's a pretty diverse thing, you know I mean? And hockey's a pretty layered nuanced thing right and there's so many people telling you so many different things it's just nice to have uh to have a resource so i'm sure your your followers there of apna appreciate that and i know a lot of people here in up my hockey have said the same thing so maybe we should get into up my um apna i mean but actually no first i'm just sitting here looking at your hockey db you're a heck of a player man we should talk about that um you had had uh you led led your team in points that one year point and a half a game in the playoffs um, played pro for seven years. How was your How was your pro experience? First of all, just as a hockey player, we won't even get into the ethnic side. But yeah. how was How was it playing pro? Well, I think any Canadian that grows up uh, playing hockey wants to play pro hockey, and that was always something that I wanted to do. Uh, I started at a young age where I was like, I want to get as far in hockey as possible. Um, you know, obviously, you know, I won a lot of uh, Stanley Cups in on the street and you know, playing ball, uh, road hockey and stuff. But uh, you know, I just wanted to, you know you know, go out there and, and work hard and do whatever I can to, to get to as uh, highest level of hockey as possible. And so when I got a chance to play pro hockey, it was, it was a, a big uh, a plus, a big check mark for my parents, uh, especially for all the work they put in. Like my dad would work 12 hours, come home, and he'd look at the time. He's like, oh, what time's your game? Like 10. Wouldn't even sleep, take me to hockey, maybe take a nap, and then go on the night shift again. So it was a really big... Uh, 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 an accolade for my parents of their son, you know, they're saying, Hey, my son's a professional hockey player, which, which Canadian doesn't want to be right. They, everybody wants to play pro hockey. My son and daughter both want to, you know, do that. And uh, so I got a chance to do that. And I played with uh, for some amazing coaches. I played with a lot of great teammates. Uh, uh, the fans I played in Tacoma for five years were great. I still stay in touch with some of them now. And uh, with a with the award situation that happened, uh, getting messages from people saying I watched you play, and and uh, you know, and positive comp uh, comments from them, uh, compliments there. And uh, but yeah, like it for me, it, it was a big highlight. I can find you know, you know, a lot of my buddies work in different industries. I'm not saying they like it or don't like it, but like I got to do something for a living that I. 110 percent enjoyed not just 90 or 60 or i didn't yeah you get injured and you get hurt and there's travel and there's that you know back you know the injuries and stuff you still play through them and all that but like the biggest thing was you got to wake up every morning and and know that you're a hockey player and and to be able to say and then i got you know when i came when i moved to calgary like like not even full-time when between seasons i was known as a hockey player you know and in our community and so forth and uh yeah it was nice to be label that and that label like not everybody gets to carry i absolutely love you saying that like to be able to put that on a on a t-shirt even i am a hockey player you know that's a that's a cool thing to say and you're right i really thought of it like that before to be to be that's what you do you know sometimes sometimes guys get stuck with that identity right like they they really believe that and then once the game ends because the game does end now it's like now what now i'm not a hockey player anymore and this is all i ever really identified myself with but i think that is something that you know we can be proud of and even the hockey players now you don't have to be pro you know i and i think that's one thing that i really like talking about and what i've seen from what you like talking about is is that character piece of what it is we're all about you know and 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 having hockey really be a, a pillar of the character piece in our society like i want the guys on my team this year to be like really good citizens i want people to say you know what 
those kids that are on that team, they're good kids. You know, I want them in my room. I want them in my classroom. I want them to be a part of, of something that I'm doing. And, uh, and when we can elevate hockey, which I think it is in Canada, but I think, you know, we, we still have room to grow. Obviously we still have places to move, but I want everyone to be proud of the fact that they're a hockey player and what comes then the responsibility that comes with being that hockey player. Just going to take a short break from the conversation to once again say thank you and to once again say I got my competitive juices going now. We need to make this podcast climb the charts and we need to get this thing out to more people. So I know a lot of you right now, you're hockey guys, you're hockey parents, you're hockey coaches, and usually hockey coaches and hockey guys don't post things on Facebook and they don't rate or review or do these types of things that's not in our character go out of character get out of your comfort zone take the two seconds press pause go to your itunes app rate it subscribe share it right tell somebody about it today you tell somebody about it that this is a podcast you need to listen to it'll make you a better person it'll make your kid a better player uh there's lots of good stuff involved guess what people are going to listen right? Personal testimonials are the best way to organically grow this thing. And I've heard from so many of you that appreciate it. And I appreciate those messages on a personal level, but it really does mean a lot to me if you tell others. So that's my ask. See if you can do it. Thanks so much for listening. Now we'll get back to the interview with Dampy. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you know, it starts at a young age, right? Uh, you know, I, I coach my kids hockey and it's pretty competitive team or league that they're playing in and I, I first thing I said to them was like if if you're a good person and, and you're willing to listen and willing to work hard willing to get along with your teammates and respect yourself respect the game and respect the opposition the coaches the referees that's gonna you've already uh, checked off so many boxes of becoming a good hockey player and uh, you, know, you know the guys you see on TV yeah you know they they've done a lot of great things for them to be able to play at the level that they play at and uh but for them i try to instill in the kids is that that positive mentorship that you know being a, a sports athlete and even playing at a competitive level that they're playing at like they should be very uh honored to do that and should be very privileged and and should be accepting the fact that they are hockey players even at that age yeah. and then and then you know obviously some kids will continue on and some kids will have different paths in life and so forth but you know being a hockey player and being a sports athlete i think it in any sport you you know the the intangibles that come with it like the work ethic the self-esteem the self-confidence the the willingness to be in shape um, uh, even at a young age they do they do dry land and they do training and so forth and they come back and the kids are like look at my muscles coach look at, like you know they they do a push-up or two and they're right in there and uh, it's awesome so and i think yeah like uh, being a hockey player or any sports athlete uh, that is competing at a good competitive level uh, uh, you know, they should, they should pat themselves on the back and, and accept what they have. Yeah. hundred percent. And be mindful of the responsibility, right? And I, that's one thing I talk, even like my seven-year-old, like there, there's somebody that's looking up to my seven-year-old, a five or six-year-old in his school, right. That wants to be on that Adam team. My 11-year-old has kids that are looking up to him, right? Like you never know who you're being a role model for. And, uh, and I think that's something that I like to speak about. And I, and I, and I think that the earlier that they understand that, embrace that, now uh, you're behaving for someone other than just yourself, 
You know, you're, 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 you're recognized that you're part of a bigger picture. And, and I do love that about team sports. I love that particularly about hockey because it is so revered here in Canada. It just is right. Being a, being a hockey player has a, has a special something to it. And, uh, and I think we got to take that and own that responsibility, you know, and I think it comes from people like you and me and the parents that are in the households to, to let these young athletes know that it is a responsibility, you know, and how you behave and how you act matters. And uh, anytime you're holding a hockey stick, you're representing something bigger than yourself. And I think that's a real cool message for them to hear. Definitely. Yeah. Like uh, when I, even when I run my hockey programs, I have one on Friday. Um, we have the 2008 kids, which is my son's age. And I have about three or four that are 2011 that are bringing out. Uh, and some of them are new to coming out with me. And, and the parents were asking me like, aren't they too young? I'm like, well, you know what? The kids that I have are from my son's hockey team. We have eight or nine. They're all good kids. I go, they'll, they'll respect the kids because that's one of the mandates that we had before we even had our first practice is respect anybody in the dress room. And that's what I'm trying to even groom my son, son to be. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do a session before that with four kids that are just new to hockey, brand new to hockey, just going to rent the ice for them. And so uh, it's, uh, it, you know, I want him to have that patience and have those leadership skills to teach. And when I told him, like, hey, uh, you're going to come out, there's going to be four or five kids that are going to be, his dad, I'm, I'm going to be there. And, and even with the kids that will be, um, you know, in the dressing room before you even go out for a session, I know you do pregame talks before games and stuff, but I do them before practices. And I said, hey, they're going to be younger kids. Your language has to be clear, uh, like clean, you know, your, you know, your, uh, your conversation in the dressing room, obviously three years is a big gap from, you know, being a 12 year old and a nine year old. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and these kids uh, respect that. And I think that's as coaches like yourself and my, myself and a lot of guys that are in our category, guys and girls that are in our category that are, you know, mentors or, and coaches, like, you know, I think that leadership aspect of it and the etiquette of hockey is, is definitely needs to be displayed more and more to these kids. And because they have the capacity of learning, um, they can download any app on, on an iPad. So just learning to be respectful should be in the cards, right? Yeah, so. I love Yeah, I love what you're all about there. I love what you're saying. Uh, with with what the NHL is now trying to do, and they're trying to involve hockey at a grassroots level, like they're having conversations with Hockey Canada, USA Hockey, because they they do know that diversity is an issue. They know it looks like a white sport. They want to include everybody. They want to develop the sport and make it approachable for everybody. Where do you think if you if you were the guy holding the puppet strings there at the top, like where would you be focusing your attention right now to try and make that happen? Well, I think the NHL is a big animal, right? Like if the more NHL, the NHL uh, gets involved with growing programs within their hockey communities, especially in Canada and, and the U.S. I know in the U.S. that, you know, they have a little bit of a broader sense, right? Because the there's more population, there's more, bigger groups, right? Uh, like if you think about Canada, the, the amount of people there are in Canada, there is in California, right? And when, right. when, the, when the Raptors were playing the, uh, the Golden State Warriors in finals, they're like a country versus uh, uh, California. I'm like, we have the same population. So, you know, it's the same, you know, it's the same. But I yeah. think the NHL has to really... Um, I think when it goes, is really, you know, step in and, and try to develop programming and use the resources that are already there or, the, or people that are willing to help out and really get the grassroots, uh, get the kids playing at a young age, right? And uh, really involving themselves and funding maybe some programs that are, are based where not just ethnic kids, 
you know, not just to, just to label the athletic kids and be like, well, they need help, but, but any kid that wants to skate or, or play the game, like, you know, we know that hockey, you don't, you don't learn the game of hockey with, with a helmet, gloves, stick, shin pads, shoulder pads, hockey pants, it's skating, you know, being able to provide those resources for skating and, uh, and those programming. And I think the grassroots level is where it's, where it's always going to be prevalent, right? Uh, yeah. When the kids get older, you know, they decide if they want to continue playing or not. But, you know, the registration, like at one point they were saying was lacking because parents can't afford or don't have the knowledge or, and so forth. But like with Can- with Canada now being very diverse, I think, uh, you know, programs that deal, you know, helping young youth from ages four to seven that want to get into hockey, that's where I think, I think, you know, in, to increase diversity, or to have more hockey players that, or so people, kids that want to play hockey, I think that's where it should start. So we, we've touched on like the economic impact on a family, you know, and there, and there is some, you know, some resources available out there, but maybe we need to have more. We have need greater awareness in your, in your uh, history and your experience. Do you think that an education piece needs to be included as well? Like, you know, your involvement in the South Asian community, like do people, know hockey there are they embracing it are they knowledgeable of it or should there be some type of an outreach educational program just about what hockey is what it's about what it stands for maybe rules of the game i don't know like could that be a piece as well definitely i think uh you know that the, our generation we kind of know the ins and out of hockey right we know the levels uh and the but still there's some parents that still don't know and i think yeah it's the education part of it you know the registration part of it. A lot of the parents, even though they're born and raised in Canada, were would be like, "Well, I'm going to register my kid in hockey." Well, it's already October. The registration starts in June, right? Just that education part of it. And I think yeah. if uh, you know the NHL were to get you know a group together that uh, in different parts of Canada that uh, that can talk to and educate the parents about the about the start of hockey and how you start and all that, you know, you'll see a lot of growth there. Um, right now, you know some of the parents are kind of lost, even though there's Googles and, you know, there's signs up for registration. They just don't know. Right. And I think educating uh, is, is the main thing uh, for, for a lot of the parents and get that information out there in a proper sense where they can understand it and then, and then decide if they want to put their kids in the, in the game, right. because hockey is a different commitment than like soccer where, you know, it's just, you know, something, you know, in, in Calgary, because it snows, if you want to play outdoor, it's just summertime. Right. And even then it starts in May, you know, as weather is not the greatest. So um, hockey is a type of sport that uh, needs a little bit more education and a little cool. bit more knowledge. And, uh, and I've been doing that and I'm actually going tomorrow with a family that, they want their kids to play hockey or try it. They have some equipment, but they need a little bit more. And I'm taking them uh, to a, to one of the second chance sports. Uh, I know you talk about Jeff Shepard. I played hockey with him and I'll be knocking on his door here pretty quick, but I had a, you know, good, uh, good uh, conversation with the owners from second chance sports and just go there and, and get the equipment where there's one quarter of the price. And just for the kids to, to, to start the game, uh, start the, the hockey process, if you will, right? They're just mm-hmm. going to be new to the game and so forth. So, and uh, more and more people calling me uh, from looking me up on Facebook or Instagram or just through word of mouth that, hey, if your kid wants to try hockey, um, I'm kind of the avenue and the kind of the go-to to explain. And I, I speak the language very fluently, so that helps them out. So that breaks that language barrier there. Right. I can I can get that out clean and crisp and precise. So, uh, yeah, so I think education is key and uh, just... Just uh, let the parents know. 
Good for you. I mean, for doing that. That's amazing. And and even like bringing up that resource too. I mean, I, I we can, uh, we're able to buy new gear, but a lot of times I don't because of their ages, right? Like go to a secondhand store, you know, go, go. And it is, it's a quarter of the price, right? Because there are people that are buying new stuff all the time. The stuff's in great shape, right? So even that awareness of even knowing that, that you can do that. I mean, right. I'm sure it would help some families. Um, exactly. And let's be honest, anything that we don't know, we're a little bit scared of, you know? So like True. hockey is a big ball of wax and people know it's a big ball of wax and they don't really know where to start. They don't really know how to approach it, but it takes guys like you and it takes education programs and people reaching out there and saying, Hey, this is what it's all about. This is, this is, this is where we can go. This is how we do it. This is the expected cost. This is when we register. I mean, I think all those things really do matter because there's a lot of things, especially in this day and age, right? There's a lot of buttons to push and apps to load and things to watch on TV. So, I mean, if you want to have people involved, you got to go to them and you got to make you got to make um, make these things educational, and informative, and available. And uh, and I'd love to see greater diversity in, in the sport. I mean, I, I do think it's a strength, and and it would be a better sport too. I mean, there's really obviously amazing athletes in these in these. Uh, um, d- different different pockets, right? Of of these cities, and let's get them into hockey. We want this to be the best sport a- a- available, and and uh, and not a melting pot either. Like I just like the fact that hockey can be this common piece of the puzzle, right? The the backbone of it. But you can you can implant these other other things and and make it diverse and make it just it makes it better. I mean, that was one thing that my conversation with Nathan Lafayette, like he kept saying that that it's it's a strength. I mean, this is a strength, whether it's in hockey or whether it's in business. He runs corporations now. He's like, you need to have different voices. You need to have different people at the table. Right. Um, it makes things better. And and I just, uh, I couldn't agree more. And I think what's happening right now on a societal level is important. And uh, even when we bring it down, just in the microcosm of our game, right? I think that I think that it is important there too. And and uh, I'm really happy to see some of these conversations like we're having now, right? In the con- and the conversations NHL are having. Can you tell us a little bit about Apna? I know it's uh, you know your 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 prize jewel and right. someone you've been working with for a while, and and it was really the, one of the big reasons behind the award. What is what is and is it Apna? Am I saying that right? Yeah, is, yeah, yeah, yeah. What it's, does Apna stand for? Is that an acronym or is that a name or what no, is it? Apna means uh, our hockey, and that doesn't mean just the, you know Canadians. In in you know in you know we we call it our sport. Um, now the our South Asian community, whenever we hear some something positive about somebody like, oh, was he an Apna guy? Was he South Asian? So it's it just kind of uh, kind of uh, on that context. Uh, my uh, the person that started was Lully Tour uh, up in Edmonton, and he started the program up about three years ago, and I joined two years ago. And uh, I would see uh, Instagram. I was on Instagram due to real estate and so forth, and I would always see his stuff pop up. Uh, he was showcasing a lot of our male and females that are playing at prominent levels from NCAA to pro hockey to junior hockey. And I loved it. And anything relating to hockey that is kind of uh, touching on the diverse part of it. And uh, so he's any, any news about any Indian kid or East Indian kid that's playing, let's say junior hockey or made a team or AAA Bantam or something, he would out, he was showcasing. And so I just kind of reached out to him and said, Hey, uh, I love what you're doing, and I'm a I'm from a hockey family. And uh, he called me within 35 seconds uh, of getting that message, and he said, "Well, I already know about you because I play a lot of ball hockey, and I know a lot of the people up in Edmonton, and uh, he, that's where Lully's from." And uh, yeah, and he started the program because he felt uh, he was racially discriminated against where he where he wanted to play. He felt the door was shut because of his background, ethnicity, and he didn't have a role model. 
and like I'm 44, he's only 28. So, you know, he, he felt that if he knew me earlier, he could have used me as a voice or, 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 or somebody to talk to or a mentor. And so that's what he wanted to do. He wanted to mentor our youth. Uh, that are playing hockey, um, anybody that feels if they're marginalized or, you know, any racial discrimination, he wanted to be a voice for them. And uh, and I really liked his uh, direction. We shared some similar stories when it came to discrimination and racial uh, discrimination in the game. So, um, and then, yeah, we just hit it off. And uh, and now we're trying to be positive role models for our community and, uh, and really, uh, you know, try to find different avenues uh, of trying to, diversify the game and 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 you know what uh, just because you're south asian and you want to play at a certain level that doesn't mean you get you get a chance to you got to obviously earn it so we also talk about the work ethic and you know the 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 work that you have to put in and and all that kind of stuff so um and you know uh, we're trying to work with the uh, different organizations here to promote the game um we're just today we had a call with bauer hockey um great call so they're going to give us some equipment helmets skates gloves and sticks for us to distribute for kids from the age of four to 12 uh, mainly for the younger kids but uh yeah great partnership there where you know they really recognize what we're doing so we, we just want to get more and more kids playing hockey from our community but also you know uh, when we do our camps and stuff it's it just not segregated to just the south asians so uh, we do uh, hockey camps in calgary and edmonton uh, if it wasn't for covid we would probably would have done one in bc and one in ontario toronto or surrey and you know obviously surrey's a hotbed for our east indians playing hockey and uh, and there's a lot of you know uh, talent there in our community so we just wanted to uh, we're just uh, a big voice for our community and uh, are there to mentor and showcase our players and, and slowly trying to work with the NHL to see how we can work together to to make advances in the game in our community. What is, uh, my my head's filled with questions right now, but one of which was, uh, you know, the prominent players at different levels. Has has there been someone play uh, of Indian descent in the NA, in the NHL? Yeah, well, Robin Bawa was the first in East Indian, full like full East Indian, like both parents born in India or or East Indian that been in the NHL. Um, then uh, AJ Baines was uh, played in the American Hockey League. He was a captain for his respective mm-hmm. team for a number of years. Uh, well respected, uh, uh, not only in our culture but like in the, like with yeah. his teammates. I, I you know you get to know all the hockey players that you know they they always talk very highly of him. So yes, he didn't make it to the NHL, but he was he's well respected in our community for doing what he did. Uh, and then there's Jajar Kira today that is playing for the Oilers, and uh, you know he's awesome. out of Surrey, BC, and he's doing a wonderful job playing. You know, obviously alongside Connor McDavid. So, you know, how crazy is that? A South Asian, East Indian uh, kid from Surrey is playing alongside you know uh, Connor McJesus, right? Yeah. Like it's awesome, and uh, so cool. and uh, and hats off to him and all the work that he put in, and and his brother is playing in uh, University of Calgary, and uh, you know. A great, good, great level of hockey, and you know they're inspiring individuals. You know, if you think about it, like kids are going to look up to these guys, and uh, you know, as you know, just because I'm older doesn't mean I can't look up to them. And you know, they're playing. You know, one's playing in the NHL, one's playing university hockey, and the the uh, the inspiration that these guys are going to give just to our community is, is is awesome in the future. Do they realize the magnitude of what they're doing right now for? For for your for your you know for the people that are a part of APNA and and and, on, and all these East Indian communities across Canada and across the United States, yeah, I, I think so. I you know I, I you know if you think about it, like you know, there's not 
Jijar is a very prominent East Indian name, right? It's uh, one of our Guru's son's names, and everybody you know that that knows the Sikh faith, they, they Jijar is a very strong name, and uh, so yeah, like you know, just sometimes just by name, like when I tell people that I played hockey, and I, and I told them my last name's Brar because it's it's like a Smith or a Johnson or or a Wilson, and like oh, you're a brar. I'm like, yeah. And so they're like, you are East Indian. I'm like, yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> it, there's a lot, lot, lot goes into a name, especially for our culture. It defines mm-hmm. you. And so, um, yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, JR knows like how, how much of an impact he can make in our community and, uh, you know, him playing and, you know, a lot of kids are just looking up to him and, you know, and he's playing in a Canadian uh, city, you know, Edmonton. Yeah. It's obviously play, playing in any Canadian cities. You got a lot of pressure and, you know, it, it's our game and, and, uh, you want the team, you know, the orders, you know, with their history, they, they want to, you know, somehow bring they bring the cup to Edmonton. The cup did come to Edmonton, but not with the orders, but like, you know, it, it's, it's, uh, I think the, I think that, uh, that, that inspiration that the, that Jajar will have on our community is going to be, uh, so valuable. That's amazing. And the, and the Oilers have an awesome history of being diverse, uh, bringing different ethnicities to their team, uh, and now is no different, right? Dejar, you're saying, and Ethan Bear is there. Um, you know, like they've they've always had an inclusion type scenario. Even like them bringing over Yari Curry, and like back in the '80s, they're they're really they're really strong teams. Were really diverse too. Um, Grand Fury is the goalie, like you've already mentioned. Like that was, you know, they were they were ahead of their time, and they've always been in that realm. And I applaud them for that because um, they've they've had success with it too. So I mean, it's uh it's kind of a trademark of what they're all about. When you, uh, I've I've watched a little bit leading up to our conversation tonight, just so I I knew a little bit more. And you spoke about your dream or goal of having an Olymp- uh, Indian Olympic team, which I thought was was amazing. Where, where is that right now on the uh, on the trajectory uh, chart? Is there is there is there a national team yet, or or where where is where is that looking right now? Well, uh, Lali and I spoke earlier today. Uh, we had like that. Uh, we had that call with Bauer and. Uh, in the good news with that and they're shipping their gear and stuff. And, 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 uh, the gentleman that we talked to, he was saying, what's next. And we started talking and we're like, well, you know, we have enough talent to have a, a Olympic team, uh, named team India and representing 1.3 billion people back home. Right. Like how crazy would that be? And how, and, and, and then the, I, I do believe like we can get that done. It just, uh, we're, we're in the process of the pre- preliminary stages. Um, just need some support for for that to happen, and uh, we're looking to try to do a biosteel uh, camp where we we invite all the South Asians out there, and and just to have everybody together. Um, biosteel uh, they do camps in Ontario, and uh, if we can do that for our community, it would be amazing. And to and with social media presence to to see X amount of hockey players there. At playing at prominent levels at the skill level and not only for the Canadians to see or anybody to see but even the Europeans but even people back in India just to see it and to see that that the Indian you know the Indian descent is doing really well in in the game of ice hockey and uh, and hopefully we got you know people that support that movement of, of putting that team together so Oh, I wish you the best of luck with that. That's amazing. And what a great time. Like the timing is is now, right? I mean, every like you said, Bauer, you're on the phone with Bauer. They're giving you stuff. Like that's super cool. That might not have happened two years ago or three years ago, right? right. So, you know, the the awareness with what's happening in our world right now, you uh, being given the honor of the Willie O'Ree Award, you know, I mean, it's definitely the, you know, the strike while the iron's hot. You know, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely a great time and, and do everything that you can there. I'm totally behind 
what you guys have going on. Uh, as we were talking about this, we're talking about diversity and inclusion, and and we've been talking more about ethnicity right now. What about gender, like and and gender in the South Asian community? Is is there anything holding women girls back from from entering the sport um, from a cultural level, uh, or is it being well received by the by the female uh, gender in 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 the South Asian community? I think it's it's changed, right? Uh, and like I said earlier in our conversation, like there was no girls that even tried playing ice hockey when we were younger. Uh, my, in our generation, there's uh, my daughter plays, uh, my niece has tried it and, and, you know, has come out, but she skates. Um, and uh, one of my good buddies, uh, uh, his daughter Priya comes out and um, attends our sessions, my sessions, and she plays uh, hockey, association hockey. So yeah, they know there are more and more girls are playing hockey. Um, in our Instagram, we did showcase four of our girls, uh, South Asian girls that are playing university hockey. And two are, one played for UBC, UFC, and uh, Mount Royal University, and one down in the East. And, to, and, and I don't know how many conversations I've had since that post, and it's been a while, um, that me and Lali both have had that, wow, we didn't know that our girls were that good, right? Just to just bluntly say it, like, we didn't know. And that inspires parents, first of all, right, to see that. And I, I just went to a function about three weeks ago, and an uncle, when I said uncle, he's not my uncle, but for respect reason, he's older than mm -hmm. me. And he goes, Dampy, I was on Instagram, and I was falling off in hockey, and you guys showcase these girls playing hockey. He's like, my daughter always wanted to play hockey. And he's, he's now she's older now. She's in her uh, mid-20s and, uh, and so forth. But he goes, it's amazing that, our girls have made that much stride in the game. So it's not just, uh, and, and, and we say this openly, it's not just about the male hockey uh, players, it's, it's the females as well. And, uh, and uh, the more our girls play hockey, and uh, the more, you know, they, there's chances of them inspiring their, uh, you know, the younger kids. And like, as you said, you could be seven years old and, and inspiring younger kids. And, uh, and same thing with these girls. Uh, I just wanted my daughter to play one year of hockey. And just in case if she didn't like it and, as we speak, she's on the ice right now. Uh, she's going to be on the, uh, my wife took her there uh, to her practice and I, I'm usually on the ice with her, but I wanted to do this podcast. And, uh, and uh, she was like, dad, you're not coming. I'm like, no, I got to be on Facebook live. She's like, again, I'm like, no. <laughs> so, uh, so today, so today she graduated from a rolly bag. You know, I'm a, I'm a overprotective father. I'm like, no, you're going to hurt your shoulder. You're going to do this. And, and then I got mm -hmm. her one of the, the non-rolly bag and, and she just grabbed it, put it over her shoulder. And it was, uh, and my wife made a video of it. And it's a proud moment like for her to play. And, yeah. uh, and uh, I'm so glad that she's getting the experience of playing and skating. And, uh, and, and there's uh, about 10 or 12 girls in her group that play, um, not just East Indian. She's the only East Indian girl, but uh, there's a couple from other minor, uh, ethnic minorities. And it's awesome to see these girls play and liking the game and in competing. It, it's wonderful. That's super cool. I love how you light up talking about it too. And it is that rite of passage, right? Lugging your gear in the rink and, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, owning it. I think that's super cool. And, you know, I just think now, like some of my close buddies, I mean, you, you mentioned your daughter, like Jeff Shepard, his, his daughter is playing Matt Higgins, a, a great buddy of mine that's in Calgary too. I mean, his daughter is playing and like, there's, there's way more girls playing and there's girls that are on our hockey team here in Vernon. And we never had that. I don't know about you, Dampy, but there was no, I didn't play with one girl growing up. Right. So to, to see that the women and the girls are playing is is awesome because again it helps and I know you've done some work with Haley Wickenheiser as well and and it's women like her and those national teams and the and the the job the great job TSN and these sports coverages have done for the, the women right in the women's game and and how great it is to allow these young girls to have something to 
aspire to, right? As you said, you know I mean, it, you need to be able to place yourself in a spot. Right. It really helps, right? With that belief that there is some place for me to go. There's some place for me to get to, and somebody's been there before. Right. And the fact that, um, that the Canadian team and the U.S. women's team has been so strong and it has had such a big role in uh, in the media. I think that's really helped, right? Like I think that's really helped girls approach it, and I and I hope it gets better. So um, we're co- we're closing up here in an hour, Dampy. I mean, it's been awesome getting to know you. I I will ask you one last question because I I watched that induction. Uh, not the induction is the wrong word, but the the uh, ceremony there. It was over. Like I said, too bad you couldn't go to Vegas, but. You almost cried. Uh, I would call it crying because you you definitely touched a chord in you. And uh, what what did that mean? Hearing your name come out there that you had won this community hero award on a you know on a national level, like super cool. How did that feel? Well, I think uh, you know when when I was nominated uh, when I when Willie Reed picked me as top three, that was big. Like mean you know I I was in Edmonton. I took the Zoom call and it, that was amazing uh, uh i didn't know my my kids and my wife were also on the call it was under an assumed name so they had a gallery and i was only on with uh, rico phillips who was a past winner and, and jeff scott who's the president of the of, of the initiative and i was like man i wish my kids and my wife were here watching this and then here that and just popped up in the screen and i was like wow and they watched every uh the whole thing so that was that was actually probably um it became more real that wow We've made like Lali and I up in hockey has made a big stride in 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 what we wanted to do uh, to winning it. Uh, obviously, Alexandra Briggs Blake and John Hafferman were unbelievable. I looked up what they do. Uh, we both looked up what they do, and we're really really uh, you know honored to be in that that category, that box of people. And I know there's a lot of other people that say in that category that uh, are doing wonderful things, but. Uh, and, and then be, to be able to sit here, actually, I sat right here in the, in the same table and my son was home from school. He had a little bit of coughs, so we thought, you know, just with COVID. Um, and my son was like, you don't get to go to Vegas. I'm like, you know what? Uh, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, Vegas is Vegas. And, uh, you know, you know, I'll be on the call with Willie O'Ree. And then when, uh, when I opened up the computer, when I jumped on and I seen Harden Ryan Singh, who's a big piece to our South Asian community and, and the growth of hockey because he does the commentary of Punjabi and he's, and he's amazing at it and a big he's got so much respect here and when he's on there I'm like oh this looks good right and I was just like Phew. and yeah, it took about 10-15 minutes for the whole setup to happen and then you know obviously all these feelings start to come at you and uh, you know you never you never grow up to win an NHL award yeah you know like yeah you you want to win the Stanley Cup right uh, and uh but to be have my name and Apna Hockey's name and Lali Tour and I's name associated with this NHL award is uh, you know is is amazing. It's very special, and it's really special to our parents. Uh, our parents are the reason why we do what we do, right? So, <clears throat> sorry, getting a little emotional there, but but it's amazing that uh, we can represent our families and our community, and you know, at the NHL level, right? It's uh, uh, and and we just wanted to continue to do this and uh, and just be a positive impact uh, uh, citizens in our community and and help our kids with hockey and all that kind of stuff. But uh, yeah, like uh, there's so many emotions that came in, and they only they said that you know keep your winner speech to 30 seconds or something. And I was like, I just wanted to thank everybody that you know helped out and uh, and everybody that supported us uh, on this uh, venture. So. Um, you know, I, my, you know, I, 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 
I was lost for words then, and I'm still lost for words now. But uh, you know, and, and it it doesn't happen if you don't have that family back, uh, the support, and uh, and Lolly and I are very happy to have that. So. Well, and it also doesn't happen if you don't have the passion that you're obviously showing for it, you know. And don't ever apologize to me or anyone else for being emotional about that. I mean, that's really. I know you've you've heard some of my stuff. I mean, that's the that's the person behind the player, you know. And and right. when when it becomes about people which is what we've been talking about the whole time. You know, I mean, that, that brings up some amazing emotions. And, and I know uh, the little I do know about the East Indian heritage, I know that the family is a big piece of it. Right. And, and, and that, and that name, as you said, is, is a big piece of it. And, and I know that your parents are supremely proud and I know your community is supremely proud and Canada's proud of you too, partner, like for sure. I mean, it's Thanks. great to see you up there and love what you're doing. Uh, the mentorship piece, the inclusion piece, the diversity piece, it's all, amazing stuff and uh i'm just really thankful you were able to come on and share your story tonight and yeah. and i hope we did it uh, a good service because you know more people need to be uh advocates and deacons for this type of stuff and uh and it is examples like yourself and apna that that make that happen so thanks for being here and i uh, really appreciate your time and and uh and apologize to your daughter for me for not having dad <laughs> no it's okay she's kind of been used to it i had to kind of duck out a few practices or a few functions that uh that i was supposed to attend with her and uh, you know with interviews and so forth so she she likes it she embraces it uh and the funny thing is like she, she was home from school one day because she had a little bit of a cough but her grade five class got to uh, do a project on me uh, uh a quick little you know community hero and you know write a little article on me uh and uh wow. she was so ecstatic she's like dad they, we did a project on you i'm like oh that's <laughs> that's awesome and uh so it's nice to there's a current events a project and uh but uh, yeah, no, she embraces it. Both kids uh, had a chance to be on TV a little bit and uh, through this whole venture. And so they got a little bit of publicity themselves. So, uh, but, uh, but honestly, thank you very much for reaching out. Uh, I love what you're doing as well. Uh, it's great now we can connect and, you know, talk over any ideas. And, and you know, we are, we, we know a bunch of families that in the Kelowna uh, Vernon area. My wife's first cousin, uh, second cousin lives in uh, Vernon and oh, okay. uh, they, they've been kind of preaching that uh, you should do a camp there or like a hockey session. You know, just Not just with the East Indians, but everybody yeah. connecting everybody. And uh, now that I know you're there, uh, you know, maybe we can with all this COVID, let's kick it out and uh, and maybe do a camp there or just get everybody together. And, uh, you know, obviously the weather is going to be good in the summer times and just have yeah. some fun and uh, and just kind of give the give our, uh, our youth some more hockey experience. So I'm game, man. No, it's great. I, I love I love that aspect, like the, the collaborative aspect of this and, you know, the coming together and sharing ideas. And it's uh, that's what it's all about. And uh, really appreciate meeting guys like you and we'll definitely continue this conversation so uh sure. i'm going to sign off from the live right now just stay on though dampy and then i'll sure. be able to chat with you before but uh again sure. thank you so much for being here and um i know everyone loved it there's a lot of uh, nice comments great topics tonight and insight and some thank you so uh thank you from everybody thank you from me and uh, we'll continue this on the other side thanks everyone thank you so much for listening today to my conversation with dampy brar winner of the 2020 NHL award for community service uh, dedicated and named after Willie O'Ree. What a great uh, man. What a great mission. Uh, so passionate. And I'm thankful that we had that conversation for me. One of the most powerful moments of that was I am a hockey player. And that is amazing because I think that is really what it's all about because who is saying the I? 
who is the I behind that I am a hockey player? I can resonate with that line. I feel that was what I am all about. But communities across North America of different ethnicities and different racial backgrounds and different religions can all say and should be able to say, I am a hockey player. And saying that should be something that is celebrated, that's something that should be recognized within our communities as being something that is looked up to. That being a hockey player means that you walk around in the service of others, that you carry yourself with poise and with pride because you do things the right way. And that is my personal little mission with Up My Hockey and with the podcast is that we are creating amazing people and we're using our sport as the platform to allow better humans to exist and to serve better humans. And guess what? At the end of the day, like you've heard it before from me, you're going to be a better hockey player. 100% guaranteed. Uh, So, Dampy, thank you for that. Thank you for everyone for sticking with us till the end. And remember, I am a hockey player. Let's allow everyone experience what that means, uh, what that feels like to be able to say that. And uh, let's keep our arena safe and inclusive and diverse because diversity is a strength. So play hard. Keep your head up. Till next time.